0: In the introduction to the book, Live Your Calling, the authors describe a Federal Express commercial that parodies the movie *Castaway*. I don't know how many of you remember that movie *Castaway* it was starring Tom Hanks who played a FedEx worker whose company plane went down, stranding him on a remote island without human companionship for five years and he struggled to, to find that. And he did have one package that he didn't open that he eventually, at the end of the movie, delivers. So this is the FedEx um, commercial. Looking like the bedraggled Hanks from the movie, the FedEx employee in the commercial walks up to the door of a home holding a package. When the woman comes to the door, he explains that he survived five years on an island, protecting this package in order to deliver it to her Curious, he asks her to reveal what is in it. Opening the package and displaying the contents, the woman replies that there was nothing of great importance, just a GPS navigational device, (laughs) a compass, a satellite telephone, a water purifier, and assorted seeds. The commercial communicates a spiritual irony that in all those years he had all that he needed to find his way home just within reach. There is nowhere to go, writes poet Oriah Mountain Dreamer. What you're looking for is right here. Open the fist clenched in wanting and see what you already hold in your hand. When we think about the meaning of our lives, we can get very serious very fast and hold out on ourselves, thinking that whatever decision we make, whatever choice we decide on may never be made correctly. And we may never find a way to feel at home in our world, in our communities, even in our own skin. There's a gnawing in most of us, a nagging voice or urging that communicates a dissatisfaction with a part of our lives, maybe even the whole of our lives a wonder, perhaps, a what-if, that latches on to visions of a better-lived life. We as a culture look to the famous or the rich or the successful and set our sights to those kind of lives, leaving us wanting in our own. Or for those who are not ensnared by the temptations of the commercial good life, there may be the simple distraction of too many choices, With the overwhelming amount of information available to us every moment, we may wonder how we can possibly choose the way to live that best suits us. And then, of course, there is the self-doubt route, the you-aren't-good-enough tyranny, which again is broadcast on a daily basis from the world of marketing and the pull of consumerism. Get this thing, go that way for the life or body or relationship that is better than yours. This is a tyranny that keeps us from ever feeling at home in our lives. In Plum Village, a Buddhist monastery in France founded by Vietnamese Buddhist Thich Nhat Hanh, there's a particular Dharma seal for this community which reads, I have arrived, I am home. A Dharma seal is a foundational characteristic of the path of Buddha there are four traditional seals that guide Buddhist teaches and teachings and have for millennia the seals are guideposts to help discern whether a teaching is true Buddhism or not I have arrived I am home is a new seal brought about in this Zen community considered a continuation of the Buddha's phrase dwelling happily in the present moment Any teaching of Plum Village must reflect this Dharma seal, I have arrived, I am home. This speaks to one of the seminal teachings and practices of Plum Village, which is mindfulness, being fully present in the moment in whatever we do. Thousands of lay folk all over the world come to Plum Village each year to partake of its teachings and practices, to find that home within and bring that home and that peace and that home out into the world. <coughs> home is where your heart is, Thich Nhat Hanh, an exile from Vietnam, shared in an interview. You're used to a landscape, a way of life, a certain atmosphere, and when you're away from that, you miss that home. But while you're missing that home, you're creating a home right where you are. There are lots of waves or moments that each of us could name that feel like home. It can be enjoying a favorite spot in a room by the hearth. Or just the right combination of foods. Or an easy conversation with a friend. Or a special place in nature. A sensation of home can be in the meeting of another's eyes. Spontaneous laughter just the right harmony in music or an afternoon with a loved one. The connection that feels like home comes naturally to us when we let it. It's a connection that is hardwired within us, a cellular memory of belonging in the moment and in this life, this world, a sense of harmony with our surroundings, a sense of well-being. Home Is our true nature something we all have? To be at home is to have a sense of fitting into the way of things, of being in the truth of who we are and finding it good. Joseph Campbell, renowned 20th century scholar of mythology, addressed this belonging simply. The privilege of a lifetime, he said, is being who you are privilege of a lifetime is being who you are. We tend to overthink our lives. We tend to underestimate our being. We tend to look for that better life without noticing all of the life that is around us and within us. We drive ourselves with assumptions of what we should be doing, of how we're supposed to be, of the perfect shape of our body of the ultimate goal of a good life. We think, we, we think we're getting something done when we find something wrong. We think we're being wise and humble when we focus our minds on how we fall short and what could have been or must someday be. So often we think our lack of well-being has to do with all the obstacles in our lives when in fact the obstacle to our well-being is the way we see our lives. If we're looking for a circumstance to define our happy state or a partner to fulfill our happiness or a livelihood to create a happy home, then we're looking in the wrong places and we'll find our well-being dependent on things outside of ourselves. When we judge ourselves falling short on a regular basis or blame the lives we are in for our unhappiness, we often distract ourselves from that disappointment through various forms of escape, which can be addiction, violence, abuse of power, deception, compulsive behavior, daydreaming, whatever. Some of the obstacles we encounter in our lives toward expression of our true selves are hard to overcome. But when we see that we become more effective, more loving, more accountable, when we embrace what is in our lives, then life changes from a problem to be solved to a mystery to be lived. When we believe that we are worth our own being, then ways to work out of the stuck places begin to emerge. We can feel secure in our limited worlds. We can love our misery, for it is at least familiar. We can blame others or our own situations for our plights. We can imprison ourselves in resentment and self-pity. We can justify our unhappiness with superb eloquence. It's all our choice, no matter what the circumstance. When we face our lives as they are, we must come to the understanding that our limitations are not cause for disdain. Got to get rid of that perfectionism. (laughs) Who we are is far more powerful for us than who we are not. Who we are is far more powerful for us than who we are not. That may sound simple, but most of us yearn to be who we are not because we fear that who we are is not enough. Unitarian Universalist minister Forrester Church wrote in his book Love and Death, which was the last book he wrote before dying of cancer. He wrote, I came up with a mantra that has served me as well in sickness as it did before in health. Want what you have, do what you can, be who you are. Wanting what we have mutes the pangs of desire, he writes, which visits from an imaginary future to cast a shadow on the present, which is real. Doing what we can focuses our minds on what is possible, no more, no less, thereby filling each moment with conscious, practicable endeavor. And being who we are helps us reject the fool's gold of self-delusion. It also demands integrity, being straight with ourselves and with one another. To selectively eliminate all pain from our lives may work for a brief time for a drunkard or a drug addict, but we cannot selectively wish away all that is wrong with us without including all that is right. Another favorite passage in a book that I've shared is that of Tuesdays with Maury, which I think work here by Mitch Albom. The author writes of his journey with a favored professor who is dying of Lou Gehrig's disease. Each Tuesday, Mitch visited Maury, who was rapidly nearing his death, and learned an important lesson every single time about life. In one of the last interviews with his professor, who was well progressed in the disease by now, Mitch asks him, "What if you had one day perfectly healthy? What would you do?" "Let's see," Maury begins. "I'd get up in the morning, do my exercises, have a lovely breakfast of sweet rolls and tea, go for a swim then have my friends come over for a nice lunch. I'd have them come one or two at a time so we could talk about their families, their issues, talk about how much we mean to each other. Maury went on to describe walks in the garden, a trip to a restaurant, dancing till exhausted, and going home for a deep, wonderful sleep. That's it, Mitch asked. That's it, Maury replied. Mitch mused further. It was so simple, so average, I was actually a little disappointed. I figured he'd fly to Italy or have lunch with the president or romp on the seashore or try every exotic thing he could think of. After all these months lying there, unable to move a leg or a foot, how could he find perfection in such an average day? Then I realized, he writes, this was the whole point. well-being, feeling at home in the universe. It's a quality that we're all capable of on any average day. If we cannot find this place of knowing, then something is wrong. Something is blocked or imprisoned within us. But if we believe we're capable of finding a sense of home within ourselves, then we begin to try new approaches. We find the help we need. We seek the wisdom that will support us. We come to religious communities for the strength found within and the hope affirmed. We put ourselves in our daily task lists and give ourselves a break. We change relationships, we give up false securities, we become willing to see more clearly. We then can accept the gifts that we have and come to want them, knowing that we belong in the world just in this way, and that the world, the home of the world, includes us for who we are. This is when the traps of envy, jealousy, self-doubt, comparisons to others, hero worship, imitation, all dissolve. From there we find life open and full and ready to receive who we blessedly are. May we find, as Reverend Ken Patton did, that we are at home in the universe, that we carry our home with us, that we are fully effective beings right now. And may the blessings of that home, which is you, be known fully in your days. So may it be. Amen.